Oh, hi. I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 85. Do you know who that is? That is Mozart. It was his birthday yesterday. He would have been 200 and whatever, but he's dead. He wrote that when he was, uh, he wrote that when he was 11. So, what are you doing with your life? What am I doing with my life? He wrote that when he was 11. You know, we used to have, we used to have such, um, such cherish, cherishable, such autistic kids that we used to cherish. I guess that's where I'm going with this. And who do we have now? We have a mouthpiece for the global elites who's 17 and dropped out of school. And she, you know, sails across the world telling us to not use plastic bags. That's what we have now. Man, how we have devolved as a society. It's sad. You know, I'm sure there are actually smart 11-year-olds like Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was almost 300 years ago, but um, we have so much more to consume. We have so much more entertainment at our disposal that that it's all drowning out. It's oversaturating the whole market. It's drowning out the, the geniuses. And then you have people like me. You know what? I'm not even the best one. I'm not even the best one. So, um, yeah, that's a little fun fact for you. He wrote that when he was 11. And, uh, you know, it makes it makes you think. It gets the noggin joggin. So, um, obviously, I have to talk about Kobe. He died, and so did eight other people, including his 13-year-old daughter. And the reason I have to mention this is because, as humans, we're always fascinated by celebrities, and it's because it's because we're tribal. And uh, the difference is, though, you know, the celebrity of the little tribes were like the leaders, the kings. And uh, you, you really only have the capacity to know 100 people for that reason. But now, again, because of access to information, there could be millions of celebrities and you can know thousands of them. You could be you could have your own Wikipedia of celebrities in your head and then you gain um, relationships with them, you know, because you can peer into their lives through what they tweet and through their Instagram, and through all these things. So they become a very important part of your life. They can influence you like they've never influenced you before. For instance, to listen to Mozart, uh, you would have had to be um, a pretty wealthy person. You couldn't be a commoner and listen to his music on the street. There was no iPods. So it's almost like a catch-22. But, you know, the cool thing about Mozart, for instance, is he's going to live on forever. His music lives on forever. It's still relevant to this day. Beauty transcends time. Very interesting. As, as you know, whereas now everything's disposable, and uh, we we just move on to the next thing. But with celebrity, there's always that rare one who who will stand the test of time. Like Michael Jordan. Like if we're talking about basketball players, he's gonna he's gonna be uh, he's already a saying. The Michael Jordan of. The Michael Jordan of hockey is Wayne Gretzky. You know what I mean? But, you know, people loved him. I'm in Los Angeles, so I it's still news. I think if you if you look at the if you look at CNN or anything like that, they're they they already moved on. I mean, even the same day they moved on to the Grammys. Um, but but people will be talking about him for a long time. Now, the one thing I will say because a lot of people are shitting on his past where he was accused of rape and all that. All that to me is irrelevant. 
um, because I don't, I don't really, I never followed him. I don't care. I don't like basketball. But the one thing that's interesting to me with regards to mega celebrities like him is the fact that it brings people down back to reality. It makes them think about uh, how fragile life can be. So this guy has all the money in the world, even able to travel helicopter every, uh, with a helicopter everywhere and all that. But the, 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 he, he can still die an untimely death. And, um, you know, it, it, it kind of, it's a kind of humbling thing. So a lot of people were like, well, there were soldiers the other day who were fighting fire or firefighters, firefighters or ex-soldiers or something who were fighting fires in Australia and their helicopter crashed and no one cares. Well, yeah, no one cares because no one had a relationship with them. You can't equate the two. I'm not saying that their lives don't matter, but you know, when someone, for instance, like Steve Jobs dies, it's felt around the world because that person's influential. That per- millions, if not billions of people know that person. So those people to individuals, to the individuals close to them, it's the same thing. So for the, 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 the two guys that died in Australia on, an, on a helicopter crash, uh, those people are Kobe Bryant to their family. But you can't equate the two. You can't say, well, you know, it's 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 another form of virtue signaling. You can't say, well, those people have, they, you know, and their former military or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Someone like Kobe humbles you. It makes you it's, it, ma- it makes you be a little bit more introspective and it makes you think about your own life. Because, you know, when you live day to day and you have your errands and your job and your kids and all that, you're not very, you're not able to be that introspective all the time unless you're a profession as a philosopher unless you're a philosopher uh so these things are important it's like little corrections in time it's important when that happens and uh you know maybe it makes you it makes you uh think about what you think is important or not should i be complaining about this or not should i be complaining that the joker got nominated for an oscar and make a whole skit on it on SNL. Uh, probably not. Which brings me to my next thing. SNL. I don't watch. I used to watch it growing up. But I don't watch it anymore. It's not relevant to me. Not only is it. I mean. You know. I don't only consume things that are relevant. That's Maybe I use the wrong word. I don't watch it. Because it's not funny. I don't watch it because it's not funny. So if there's a, 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 a clip. That is going viral online. I'll watch it. So there's one that's going viral online right now. It's uh, White Male Rage. It was a song sung at the Weekend Update, on the Weekend Update segment. So the the, the video has 5.2 million views on Twitter. And this tweet that I fully agree with got 100,000 likes. It, 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 it went bigger than SNL's tweet about the video. So the tweet says, the Joker's entire plot hinges on late night TV hosts being so out of touch that they think the problems of poor people are funny. So this is doubly ironic. So now let's play the clip. One second. And then I'll go into it a little bit deeper because I like that tweet. Right. Here's my song for Joker. Hit it, fellas. Over crazy mommy, but the 
that was great, Melissa. But I gotta say, I, I don't remember that song. It just... Yeah. By the way, that girl, uh, Melissa Villasenor or whatever, I have her phone number. I almost went on a date with her like three, four years ago, and I didn't, and I dodged a bullet. <laughs> um. So so, yeah. I like how I like how it's the thing about identity politics is it prevents you from looking at things on a deeper level. So this is a good example. She makes a little joke, and, and the punchline is white male rage. That's what Joker's about, white male rage. No, it's not. It's about a broken culture. It's about a broken society that discards people like they're nothing, and then they become crazy psychopathic killers. That's what it's about. And being white has nothing to do with it. This guy is living in squalor with his mom, like um, Norman Bates and Psycho. Uh, well, she was dead. I don't know if you. I guess I. I guess I don't have to do spoiler alert for a movie that's fifty years old. Um, but with Joker, uh, he's living. He's 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 uh he's in poverty. What is white male rage? Ha- what is him having being a guy, and being a killer have to do with being white absolutely nothing and by the way if they made this joker black both sides would be mad people on the right would be like uh what is there why is there a black joker uh he's supposed to be white and then people on the left would be like why is a black guy a murderer that's racist you can never win with these people but yeah it's about white male rage ha 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 funny joke because um you know we'll blame white we'll we'll, we'll just We'll just uh, not look into it. Not look into it. It's almost like she didn't see the movie. Did she not see the movie? Did someone give her bullet points of the movie? Um, I'm going to guess yes. Um, So then, by the way, you want to know why most characters, I mean, I guess pre-woke culture, let's just say most characters in movies up until 2010 were white. Movies are made in Hollywood. Most of the movies are made in Hollywood. Most people in the United States of America are white. When most people are white, you're going to you're going to cast white people. By the way, now that China's a really big market, uh putting black people in movies is not really good for business. You want to know why they uh they're racist as hell. You want to know real racist? Go if you're black, go to China. See how they treat you. It's not going to be a fun time for you. Maybe don't go to China now because of the coronavirus. I don't even know how to say it. For some reason, that story is not really grabbing my attention. It's not very... There's always there's always some sort of uh, outbreak every so often. And uh, we all have to panic a little. But, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more worried about the homeless situation. In Los Angeles. Okay, let's continue this SNL, this brilliant, really brilliant SNL skit. Joker, and uh, and I watch that movie every day while I work out. <laughs> what a weirdo! Well, uh, did you at least like the song? <laughs> I mean, I'm no music critic, but it seemed like it was just a description of the movie, and then it took a weird turn into social commentary. <laughs> Well, here's another one. My song for The Irishman. <laughs> this movie has a lot to offer. Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa. Gangster life gets kind of messy. Robert De Niro and Lil Joe Pesci. It's three hours 
Again, that's not what that movie's about. Has being white in men has nothing to do with that movie. It's about gangsters. And you know what? Most gangsters are of Italian descent. Like in these movies. Most gangsters in these kinds of movies, they're of Italian descent. They're from a certain era. They're typically white because that's how it was. If they made the Irishman with an all-black cast and they were all Italians, that would be a little bit weird and not believable. It's like when people complain about 1917, where there's not enough women or black people in it. Um, history is racist, I guess. So, you know, when you look at... <laughs> I get the joke, but it's not even that funny of a joke. It's not a funny joke. I'm not. It's not funny. I'm not even... I'm not outraged by this. I just think it's interesting to talk about because this is the pinnacle of comedy. This is where comedy is at right now. You want to know a good comedian to follow i gotta go on my list for a second uh a really good comedian is where is he tim dylan this dude is like is like chris farley times a hundred really funny he's he's blowing up i i i predict he'll be on joe rogan's podcast in the next year and um, he's blowing up. He's really funny. Go check out his Twitter, Tim J. Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N. Um, I would like to interview him. That dude's awesome. He lives in Los Angeles. Maybe I'll do it. But that is good comedy, not SNL. Breaking things down just to to the surface and then making that comedy, that's not funny. You're supposed to go deeper. Like if she wanted to make fun of the Joker – and if she wanted to make fun of the Irishman, the punchline shouldn't be white male rage. Most rated R movies <laughs> that have a cast of uh, white people, you can just make that joke for that. For you can keep regurgitating that joke, and it won't be. It will never be funny. Let's move on. There's a funny article, so I'm gonna do a whole segment right now of lonely women, uh, because. Because this is this is this week's pattern, you know. So a lot of how I put together the podcast is um, I find things on Twitter, and things are trending. Things that are are uh, trending uh, within the groups I follow. Things are that are trending within Twitter itself, and um, I <laughs> I stumbled upon this pattern that wasn't on purpose. I just I saved uh, these tweets. So the one from today is a Slate article. Slate's one of those publications that is useless and for some reason is still around and I guarantee you it's hemorrhaging money. And uh, they have this section where people submit questions. They had one last week about a girl, oh, not a girl, a mother whose daughter who's a trans boy, so a female in reality, is 13 and wants a sex toy and the mother is like well i don't know should i get it for for him her should i get it for him i'll write this to slate and ask slate and then the whole internet can see this and find out about this <laughs> it's so it's so weird like people don't have any shame uh i guarantee you that there's no father in that household but that's not the one i want to talk about right now the one I want to talk about is the headline is, I'm a heterosexual woman who's politically opposed to heterosexuality. Who do I date? Politically opposed to heterosexuality. This is the state of identity politics. Uh, 
what is politically ex- politically opposed to heterosexuality? Wow, sexuality mean? What does that even mean? So I want to read this. Dear How to Do It, I'm a cis woman and kind of a classic millennial sex pickle. Classic millennial sex pickle. Like this happens on the regular. This is a classic take. This is, I mean, this is a classic. Um, this is a classic scenario. Everyone, you know what? I went through this. I hate being a heterosexual. I would need. I want to date gay dudes, uh, because because I want to be more open minded. I don't want to date cis women. I don't even know if I'm using their lingo right. Let's move on. She goes on to say, I'm really repelled by heterosexuality, politically and personally, but I'm also really into dick. I've been thinking maybe I should look for bi dudes slash bi curious gay dudes, but I'm not sure how best to do that. Rich, what would you think of a woman being on Grindr or Scruff? Those are the gay dating apps. I do want to be respectful of gay gay men's spaces and not horn in where I'm not welcome. But I really would love to find a verse guy with queer politics who would be up for casually dating a woman. What do you think? If you were me, where would you look? Um, this is the classic example. I probably used this on the last episode of someone trying to fight nature. You can't fight nature. And uh, it doesn't matter what your politics are. You can't fight nature. It's like if you're if you're a white dude and you go to Japan, everyone's going to look at you because you're different. There doesn't mean they hate you, but they're going to look at you because you're different. They're going to be a little bit fascinated by you. They're going to be fascinated by how you look physically and by how you present yourself, by how you're dressed. They're gonna they're gonna be interested in that. They're gonna kind of question you. They're gonna be a little bit. Um, they're gonna look for the signs of danger, without even knowing that they're doing it. So this girl, who hates straight men, and wants to date gay men because she likes dick, but she doesn't want to be in a heterosexual relationship. Uh, she's trying to fight nature because her politics are that strong, and that much ingrained in her head. So her question is very fascinating. Oh, they don't use these people's real names. Wow, and the response is so long. Let me see how long. Oh, okay, that's funny because some, the, the response goes, uh, Dear Radical, I'm not sure I'd call this a classic millennial sex pickle. <laughs> and I'd like to hear more about your particular flavor of self-flagellating dick politics. But I'll answer the question you actually asked. As a a general rule of thumb that I wish more people followed is if you enter a space as someone who is not a member of the demographic for which that said space was established, you should behave yourself. <laughs> uh, this is almost like um, he's not agreeing with her so much. And uh, I love kind of seeing these crazy lefties fight with each other. So he goes on to say, don't try to make something that has been designed to be not about you, about you. The world is not your bachelorette party. (laughs) So if you must go the route of using digital spaces dominated by men seeking men as a cis woman with, no offense, ostensibly hetero desires, don't bother people. Let them come to you. 
also be prepared to have your profile deleted. I actually have seen cis hetero women on Grinder, and the like before. And what whenever I do, I think, well, she's not going to last, and she doesn't. So I don't need to go on reading the rest. I just think it's really funny how how crazy everything has gotten. This is a this is an article slate posted. I know it's like a submission thing where people can ask questions, but this is just crazy and funny. I guess I guess this is where real comedy is right now. Like a comedian, if a comedian made that up and was like, I was on a dating app today and I saw a woman and she's not gay, I would be like, I don't really believe you and would, I don't think it's funny. Um, But as a theme of lonely women, speaking of lonely women, basically, uh, I saw this tweet yesterday and uh, it's it went viral. This woman who clearly is alone said, your 30s are all about finding a satisfying niche interest and channeling your whole personality into it. Baking, knitting, craft coffee. What is craft coffee? Com- com- composting, home brew. Anything you like that keeps you distracted from your own mortality. Wow, this is this is the sad state of of um of the culture dating war, whatever you want to call it. Or this is the sad state of of lonely women. Basically, she's saying you need to be distracted from your own mortality. You're going to die. You're going to die alone. You need to be distracted. You know she wouldn't be tweeting this if she had a family and kids. You know she wouldn't be tweeting. Because, look, maybe your teens and 20s are about finding a a niche, a hobby, or some something like that. Or maybe when, you're, or when your kids are already out of the house. That's typically when people do it, too. Not in your 30s. In your 30s, you're supposed to be busy with kids. I mean, that's typically when you're still raising kids for the most part. Granted, yes, people are having kids at a later age. So maybe your 30s should be about finding a mate. Clock is ticking. It's not about it's not about distracting you from from your own mortality. That's actually very sad. I don't know if she realizes how sad this is. And um, under that, she goes on to say, I'm thinking about asking my doctor to renew my Adderall prescription for college from college. Oh, Adderall. So then you can really hone in that craft so you can really be knitting and baking all day long to distract you from your loneliness to uh, really give up on the dating life and really give up on on the 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 dream of having kids because that's already fading fading away the sad thing about this is is that um everything the sad thing is the comments (laughs) so the comments are even funnier than the thing so unironically someone commented can confirm i turned 30 last year that was the same year i started crocheting couches for cats she invented this i've never i've never heard of such a thing she and then it's a picture there's a picture of a couch she knitted she crocheted for her cats that's bizarre behavior that is unhealthy behavior. I, who does that? Who does that? You're 30. You're not supposed to be doing that. I, I wonder how many hours. You know how they say it takes 10,000 hours to master um, a skill? Well, it looks like she did it. That couch, it's, it's, it's a couch for cats that she crocheted. That doesn't, that doesn't seem like an easy thing. 
she can turn that into a business for all the lonely women out there and sell couches for cats. I didn't know cat, cats needed couches, but I guess they do. It looks like she spent 10,000 hours mastering this craft. Really bizarre behavior. This, again, the sad thing is they don't realize how bizarre this is. This is just really weird. And then the next picture is um, what I'm working on right now, LOL. The, the woman's picture, she looks like she's hitting 40 or she's in her 40s. And again, she uh, it's it's miniatures. She she is making apartments, but with miniatures. So there's um, it was I don't know if you saw the movie Hereditary, but the mom in that movie, she's an artist, and uh, she her whole thing is to make dioramas of of her house. So it's like finding the mini- miniaturizing everything and putting it into this diorama, and then she uh, she sells it in the, her art shows. This is what that lady is doing. It's very sad. I don't know what else to say, but sad? You know, speaking of lonely women, dating can be tough. Now, you're gonna, by the way, you're going to think this is a sexist podcast. I um, many times have shat on dudes, and I will get to one in a second. And uh, it's just, this is the theme I saw the past week. I, it's not like I did this. I'm, I didn't, look, I put together my podcast an hour ago. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I was like, oh, let me let me go look at the bookmarks I made. And it was all this stuff. I didn't plan on it. This is the theme. I, I When I started putting together the thing in my notes, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, this is a total accident. I'm starting to see a pattern here. So another popular tweet from this past week, this got 244,000 likes, 16,000 retweets at the time of screenshot. And um, she said, she screenshotted this dude on one of those dating apps and she said, found this guy's dad, dad fa- found this guy's dad's Instagram in five minutes. Never underestimate a girl's investigation skill. So the, the screenshot is of what the, what this guy dm'd her and uh he says to her are you one of those hot girls that's just plain retarded because your bio makes it look that way which i think is actually kind of a funny thing also um he's negging her dudes dudes that don't really have skill and if you're on a dating app and you rely on dating women on a dating app you're and your guy you don't have skills you should meet women in real life because uh you you miss a lot of social cues that you don't get from from uh when you're on a dating app in real life you can before even speaking to them or maybe speaking to them for one one second you already realize like oh fuck this girl is a is a mess i don't want to and vice versa so uh this guy's negging her he's he's cracking a joke and then he had this smiley face crying laughing emoji and uh he's clearly he's clearly kind of trying to win her over by putting her down a little bit and and making a joke and being humorous so what she did is she screenshotted that and found her dad, uh, that guy's dad's Instagram, and sent it to his dad. So so, so then she said, uh, "Sorry to the dad. Sorry for the random message. Just thought you should know this is how your son speaks to women. This is why she's on a dating app. This is why she's still single because she's a busybody. She doesn't know how to take a joke, and everything is a fight. Everything needs to be a war. And clearly, three hundred thousand people agree with her." That she did good. And then also, because she's a vindictive 
cunt, and I don't like saying that word, but that that some words are just very good to describe someone. She she tweeted to General Mills where she found out that guy works for. She said at General Mills, and this got 30,000 likes, and then General Mills replied to it. I'm pretty sure that I, I forgot to save that. At General Mills, since posting this, I've had four girls message me saying this man is abusive, manipulative, and racist. By the way, I can be called all those things. I mean, I'm not, but I can I can be accused of that. Anyone can be accused of that. That we don't. Do we have any proof of this? No. But she's sending General Mills this. This is where the guy works, and says she says all. I also found out he works as an intern for your company. I would like to know more please dm me they want to ruin these people's lives okay she got a message she doesn't like so she's gonna find the dad that's creepy behavior that's what a psycho does the guy dodged a bullet this is why she's still single and it's just creepy behavior and then to go further to to message a billion dollar corporation that he works for as an intern to get him fired does she expect these companies to go on these people's profiles and say, oh, man, look how he spoke to this woman, not hiring him? No one would have a job. I guess this is why robots are taking over and automation is taking over because it's impossible for people to have jobs anymore because we're all abusive, manipulative, and racist. So, you know, a silver lining was a funny comment I found, which is um, obviously by a black guy. No, I'm kidding. He's not black, but he should have been black. <laughs> This guy replied, uh, because she's such a detective, you know, finding the dad and finding uh, General Mills and all all that. She, some guy wrote, try and find my dad. Very sad. Clearly, his dad left him, and she needs her. She should be a detective for things like that, like finding this guy's long-lost dad. That would be nice, but to expose this guy all over the Internet, now he's going to be single forever. Maybe it's a sign for him, and he should get off the dating apps Meet people in real life, and uh, they can get to know you. Like, if he told her that joke in a bar, and uh, she could see the the humor in his, in the, in his voice, it would have maybe been a whole different outcome. Maybe not her, but in general, that kind of joke. But, you know, men can be busybodies and, and cunts, too. It's not That word is not exclusive to women, kind of like when I say fag. Like, anyone can be that. So... It, this is another theme I'm seeing because that girl previously wanted to get this guy fired from his job and another person wants to get another person. This got 100,000 likes. This is how Twitter can be dangerous. Look, I like being on Twitter because I like following uh, interesting accounts that make me think of things that I've never thought of and then look into things a little bit deeper that I've never thought of. But then people use it like this. People use it as a weapon. The pen is muddier than the sword, I guess. So this guy posts a picture of a lady in blackface. First of all, I've said this many times before, blackface isn't racist. Maybe it's a not maybe it's not in good taste. Maybe it's like a cheap joke, but it's not racist. In my opinion, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it I don't think anyone deserves for their lives to be ruined like when conservatives use it on liberal politicians like Justin Trudeau or Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, who he, governor of Virginia was either in blackface or in the, in the KKK costume. No one really knows, but we know he's in one of those. I don't care. What I care about is his their politics. 
uh, and how hi- hypocritical they are. But um, so this guy, he tweets, this is Ashley. Ashley is an HR manager at Bell Partners, leading apartment operator in America. In her spare time, when she's not tossing raisins in her potato salad, I guess that's a white thing, she likes being her best racist self by trotting around in blackface. Twitter, do your thing. This got 100,000 likes and 67,000 retweets, and she probably got fired. So that's good when you ruin people's lives for wearing blackface. You don't even know what her costume was. Her costume, I don't know what it is. It just looks dumb. But does does she deserve to be uh, fired and lambasted online? And vilified? I don't think so. I think I think this is all dumb. This is all petty. This goes back to my thing last week when when how how dudes are just uh, totally feminized and how they they are passive aggressive and how if they get brushed on the shoulder by someone they don't like they'll call they'll call that aggravated assault and they'll sue. This is what happens when people don't get bullied anymore. This is what happens when people feel a little bit too confident. I have two more stories, no, three more stories of um, lonely, lonely slash broken women. Lonely slash broken slash busybody. And this comes out of Finland. This is a murder story out of Finland. So this girl, um, she, she would write, constantly on social media. So I'm not going to read it because I don't read Google gobble language. I don't know how to read Finnish. Is that their language? Finnish? And, uh, but she, she constantly writes on her, on her social media about how shitty white men are and she hates white men. And it's kind of like the thing before, like, I don't like dating white straight men. Um, so she starts dating this, um, Arab asylum seeker. They're going to make it, you guys. She found love. She found love in a hopeless place. Is that the song? And um, so do you want to guess how that this turned out? I mean, I guess I ruined it by saying a murder story. She got murdered by that guy. Her wokeness murdered her. You know how they say um, go woke, go broke? I guess you got to add go go woke, go broke. But broke his death at the end because that is the story. And she has a picture of her at the gay march, at the gay rally, uh, standing up for people's rights and so on. Very pretty girl. Very, very pretty girl. She, again, probably didn't have a dad and uh, started dating an abusive Arab. And the reason why he murdered her was, let me read this tweet, actually. So this happened last week. So someone, this person reporting on this said, so to be clear, this happened on Monday in Hamenlina, Finland. Hamenlina? Hamenlina? I mean, there's like three E's and five A's in that. Two dots above the A. I don't know how to read. This, is, this happened in Finland on Monday. The girl was murdered by the boyfriend. She was trying to leave. So she was trying to break up with him. Not the first such case in Finland. One Afghan raped and burned his girlfriend raped and burned his girlfriend one iraqi decapitated a middle-aged woman who was trying to leave him 
it doesn't seem like the dudes that are coming from the Middle East uh, have very much self-esteem. It doesn't seem like the self-esteem movement reached the Middle East. It doesn't seem like that because, um, you know, maybe maybe a overly confident dude here would be like, uh, you can't break up with me. I'm breaking up with you and then leave it at that. I guess uh, I guess their move is um, she can't leave me because she's a woman and we treat women like shit. So I'm going to rape her one last time and burn her or I'm just going to cut her head off. Or I'm just going to full on murder her. The picture was pretty graphic that they posted. I'm not going to. Why I can't show it to you. This is a podcast. I'm an idiot. So um, back to celebrity news. Back to lonely women celebrity news. Um, Julianne Huff or Ho. I don't know how to say her. Julianne Huff. Uh, she's running a cult. And and um, and uh, I'm really glad I found the story. So she's running a cult because she's over 30 and has no kids and no prospects. So she started one. She started a cult, and um, I have no clue what she's saying in this video, and I'll get to the rest of my opinion on this, but um, it's super bizarre. Oops. It's super bizarre. So she was the Dancing with the Stars person, I think, and now, you know, I guess making a new religion that's very profitable, and if you, if you look, to, in order to do it, you kind of have to buy into your bullshit a little bit. You kind of have to buy into it halfway, and then the rest the rest of it, you kind of have to, like, question it, not really fully believe it. But um, she fully she fully went in. She fully went in there. Let's watch this video. This is at a packed stadium. It's four, 45 seconds. And it's, like, her speaking. There's bizarre videos, play, like, playing behind her where... There's nature and then people doing yoga and stretching. Let's just watch this. She's not saying anything. I have no idea. This is the amazing thing with these wellness guru, rich, famous people is they're 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 saying these buzzwords that make absolutely no sense. Like dance your heart out, and then I don't know what they're talking about. Run like no one's run before. <laughs> and um and this is this is like a mega church, and you hear the music, and it's it's like Disney music. It's it's meant to tug at your heartstrings and make you feel something. And you go there, and you feel refreshed because you're around so many people, like-minded people. And what does that sound like? It sounds like a mega church. This is like a mega church, except that the church at least is tied to something that's that's bound in tradition and has been around for thousands, a couple thousand years. And um, and uh, this is not. This is. This is the cute thing I feel about people who say religion is evil. That's a that's such a sixteen year old 
point of view. Yeah, there are bad things in any kind of organization, but humans gravitate towards religion naturally. And then when they start in the secular society, they start rebelling against it and saying that they're atheists and they don't believe in God and they don't believe in anything. Well, then that's not true because you then start to believe in this sort of thing. This is why this is packed with people. So you'll start believing in that, but not in the thing that's been around a couple thousand years that there's that there's a ton of history and art tied to. Um, it's just it's just I find it's really bizarre to me how people do not have any any um, ability to to find the hypocrisy in it all. This is why, again, companies like Goop, Goop are popular. This is why people buy into the new trends, the new health food trends, the new creams, the new this. This is the same thing. I guarantee you everyone in there has denounced their religion, has left it, has, has totally renounced their religion and, and renounced God and renounced all these things. But they'll still go to this. The Dancing with the Stars lady started a, re- a cult. If she can do it, we all can do it, you guys. I mean, if she can make money off this, we all can do it. We just have to think really not that hard, actually. Just think a little bit about it. You can make a religion about... I'll give you a head start. Make a religion about a whale. And say you saw a beached whale. It spoke to you. It was dead, but the soul was still there. And the soul wanted to leave. And it was trapped in the body of the dead whale. So you cut open the stomach and you saw the soul fly into the air and then go back into your body. So you have the soul of a whale and you are a beached whale. And your religion is about environmentalism and about how Mother Earth is God. And the soul of the the whale is Jesus, Jesus' whale. And uh, boom, I just gave you a head start. There's your religion. Go do it. Go make some money. And uh, guarantee you people will flock to it because everyone is lost and alone and uh looking for something because you inherently as a human need to believe in something and if it's not jesus and if it's not jewish god or muslim god it will be this thing it will be whatever she's talking about with music blaring and people will flock to it i like what kanye is doing it's like a mixture of these things but with jesus so it's still with a religion that's been around, around the block of one or two times, <laughs> one or two thousand years. Um, and it does it we it goes further. So there's there's a video that she posted that someone posted of her getting exorc- an exorcist thing. Um it's really weird. So this guy, she, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you a little update about my show in a second. And the good thing about that is you would be able to see what I'm talking about. But this, she's laying on a, on a table that is like a um, massage table. And there's a guy above her who touches her top of the spine. He touches it. It's not, he's not massaging her. He just touched it and then hovered his hands over her back up until her buttocks. He hovered it. He didn't touch her. And you're going to hear the noises she makes. It's, a, it's an exorcism. So... It's they're they're not even they're they're just stealing from Christianity basically by now. This is this is I mean, but that's kind of like the pseudo part of Christianity where people do that. So let's see. Hovering his hands. And there's a 
So, uh, yeah, he took some energy out of her body. I guess bad energy. And then she was having what sounded like orgasms. This is in front of a lot of people in Davos, where the elites go to talk once a year. And um, it's, it looks like a, a, a lounge in, in what would have been Sundance, but this is not there. This is in Davos. And uh, it's called the Equality Lounge, the place where we all belong. Only if you're rich. And in Davos. I think Davos is in Switzerland. Um, so there you go. It's, you know, this is all the religion. This is a religion. <laughs> this is a new religion. Um, so you can stop shitting on Scientology. There's a new religion in town. And it's about I don't know what. Because I still don't understand what she was talking about in her speech in front of those that huge crowd in that stadium. So um, the last thing about lonely women is speaking of lonely women. It's Hillary Clinton. She's again the, in the news again. I I saw a thing where she's really thinking about running. Where she said she has the itch because she first of all she doesn't want Bernie to she doesn't want Bernie to win the nomination. And I really do think it's going to be Bernie. She hates Bernie, and uh, and I think she wants a rematch with Trump. She can't stand that she lost him. Still four years later, but. Uh, Imagine losing again. I think she would commit suicide, but that's not why I'm talking about her. So she she has opinions about everything. You know, the smartest people in the room have opinions about everything. They say that they say that you know, really smart people uh, they they admit when they don't really know or when they don't have an opinion. But the smartest person in the room, for real, is Hillary Clinton because she has an opinion on. Why there weren't women directors nominated for the Oscars? So I uh, let's just check in on her for a second. Let's see what she has to say. You know, she she uh, this goes with the lonely thing. She she has a husband who cheats on her constantly. She hasn't got over that. She's still with him because of the name, and she she uh you know we all kind of have to feel a little bad for her. I guess I would if she didn't kill all those people. <laughs> Um, so she, oh, she has a movie coming out on Hulu. So I guess that's why she's at Sundance talking about her movie, but she was disappointed that there weren't women directors nominated for Oscars. This is what she has to say. A week from now, it's the Oscars. What are you rooting for? And you can even choose something that you, that, that didn't get nominated. Well, I, I am always fascinated about who gets nominated and who doesn't. And having just worked with a superb woman director. I was disappointed that there weren't more women in uh, the director uh, uh, slot to be nominated because I think that there were several that did incredibly good work. 
Um, but like everybody else, I'll tune in and see what happens. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Little Women. I thought Greta Gerwig did amazing. That wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. Um, I just think that it's it's cute. Did uh, Hillary Clinton talk? No, she didn't. She finished talking. Um, it it they they they're really women have it so good in this country. I mean, people in general have it so good in this country that they're really looking for a boogeyman. So with her, it's it's the patriarchy and it's how women are being kept down. So they always have to really really dig to look for the boogeyman. Kind of like how they a lot the big talking point is um how uh, women don't get equal pay. That's not true. It's about what jobs women tend to gra- gravitate towards and what jobs men do. And men typically ask for raises more than women do. And men will stay overtime more than women do. And then women have kids, so they g- leave the workforce at a certain uh, for a certain amount of time. So, but but the so the statistics that they come up with are disingenuous. And they so, but they have to look for these things because it kind of pushes their narrative. So Hillary Clinton is not really an impressive person. I mean, even though she was Secretary of State and the First Lady, she, her herself, she is is so bland that there's nothing to her. I would, I would, I would argue that someone like Tulsi Gabbard is more interesting than Hillary Clinton. Tulsi Gabbard is an active duty, and uh, she's in the military still. She's a congressman in, in running for president and still in the military. I would say, boom, right then and there, she's more interesting. So unimpressive bland people like Hillary Clinton who need to stay relevant at all times because that's typically what uninteresting bland people do have to find the the boogeyman and promote the boogeyman that doesn't exist. These people don't talk about how oppressed women are in other countries like uh in the Middle East. They don't they don't champ they don't stand up for women that really need people to stand up for uh, that that they you know need people to speak about them in an honest in an honest manner. So it's this clearly clear Hillary Clinton is relevant to liberals still, and clearly she has a platform, yet she doesn't talk about this. She'll talk about the Oscars and how there weren't any women nominated. How about make good movies? Do you want? How about make interesting movies? Do you want me to give you an example, which I accidentally skipped or I accidentally deleted? Oh, no, it's right here. An example with what I'm talking about is men like pretty things. Men are way more visual than women. Uh, this is a quick Google search that you can try to debunk me, but it's true. And um, that's why when you look at women directors and men directors making the same kind of movie, the men man-made movies are man-made. Uh, human-made movies. No, movies made by men are, are typically are more... I don't know if the word is voyeuristic. But they first of all, like they film women differently, they they film settings differently. They're the movie. Their movies are more rich in color. They're more they're more pretty looking. You'd think that it would be the opposite because women, you know, present themselves as pretty and and clean cut and all that. But but uh, it's that's not the case. I mean, Brady Stanellis spoke about this on his podcast, and he says it way more eloquently than I can ever. And uh, he got he actually got in trouble for pointing this out. One of my most unpopular tweets of the week is one of my favorites. And there was this guy uh, who tweeted at this other guy. So the, oh, let me read you the original tweet. And I fully agree with this. So this guy says, 
You know why Birds of Prey, which is that comic book movie with an all-female cast that's coming out next month, uh, he, he goes, you know why Birds of Prey is going to bomb just like Charlie's Angels did? They removed any sex appeal these characters had to appeal to a female girl power audience instead of the core male comic book audience. They literally don't know who they're making this movie for, which is true. Look at the posters for Birds of Prey. These look like goth chicks. They're not very appealing. And this guy, I guess this guy, and his name is Scott Weinberg. He's a, some film guy. And this got a lot of attention. He goes, not every movie is made for you to jer jerk your dick off to. That's not what the guy was saying. Sex appeal is not masturbation. So my unpopular tweet was I responded and I said, uh, Scott Weinberg thinks pretty women are only for masturbating to. Uh, Scott, men are visual. We love looking at pretty things, especially women. Unlike yourself, we aren't slaves to masturbation, and we can differentiate beauty and sex. So I go even further, and I link to an article that you can literally find uh, on a, in a quick Google search. And I and I've screenshot this one part of the article, which is very interesting. And if you think this whole segment is interesting, I think uh, you should look into it yourself. So it says, a man's brain is structured entirely different from a woman's. When he sees a woman dressed a certain way, the back center of his brain lights up and he has a gut-level desire to consume that image. That doesn't, by the way, that doesn't mean sexually. That just means we like looking at pretty things. So think about it like this. If a man is directing a movie, he's going to want to make it as pretty as possible. I'll give you an example for myself. One of my favorite filmmakers is... Um, Nicholas Winding Refn. He made Drive. He made Only God Forgives. He made a show that was on Amazon last year called Too Old to Die Young. A lot of what his show, his shows and movies are, are really long takes that almost look like paintings, and they're beautiful. the The color is oversaturated because he's colorblind, so he has to hype, uh, pump that, pump that up even more so than a normal person would. So they're long, drawn out takes. That with long camera pans, and it's about the atmosphere, and there's barely any dialogue ever because it's more about the atmosphere than about uh, the the story for him. Which I I sometimes that's what good art is. I mean, it's like a beautiful painting. You don't need an explanation as to why that painting is beautiful. You inherently will know that that painting is beautiful. Again, Stanley Kubrick did it in um, Barry Lyndon. He had these long shots that there was no dialogue. And uh, I on Twitter, I use, I, I, in my header, in the picture I use in my header, I use a screenshot from from Barry Lyndon. And people keep, pe I've had people damn me, what painting is this? What painting is this? He, his, his film is so beautiful. People thought certain parts were paintings. It was, certain parts were inspired by paintings, but that was a screenshot from the film. So let me go on to finish this. It says, by contrast, a woman who sees an unattractive man uses the rational thinking section of her brain, and that typically does not elicit a physical sexual response. So I just think that that is very interesting. So the woke guy is shitting on this other guy, saying that uh, not every movie is made for you to jerk your dick off to. I'd argue no movie is made to jerk your dick off to. Scott Weinberg, I'd argue that. I'd argue that. Why can't we just ask for pretty-looking things? Sometimes women are pretty things that we want to look at. I'm not saying women are inanimate objects. I'm just saying that we like to look at pretty things. Like sunsets. It's like a sunset for you.
<laughs> so uh, that ties into the Hillary thing very well. Let me get to some questions. There's like 10 minutes left of this podcast, maybe not even. And uh, I was I haven't been asking for questions, so uh, here are some. I didn't even screen these. Uh, you could talk about the national average for losing virginity being like 11 or 12 years old now. Crazy. Well, yeah, that's because kids are being exposed to these sorts of things way earlier. I'd say that the rating system for video games and movies is totally irrelevant when you have the internet that can't intervene. I'd assume that parents are so fucking lazy now that they they aren't parents anymore. I'd argue that parents are more interested in being friends with their kids than they are parents. What they don't understand is that your kids, your offspring, are supposed to be people you eventually will want to hang out with. But if you raise them as kids, they're not going to be people you want to hang out with when they're when they're older. They're going to be pieces of shit. Kids should not be exposed to those sorts of things when they're that young. And and maybe it's a losing battle, but when you have kids, every day is a, is a battle. Every day is war. And you're supposed to protect them from these sorts of things and not give up like the woman who was going to buy her trans son, female, a dildo that I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast. It's it's crazy. Um, all right, so some people weren't sure what I was asking for. Not that hard. Why is it that 2020 is so shitty already and it's only January? Like, damn, God, really be testing us. Well, because your concept of time is different than time itself. 2020 is the same as 2019. A month ago was the same as the the month we're in now. The only difference is as our calendar, our our man-made calendar is different. So just because it's a new year doesn't mean that bad things can't happen. The new year is only for us to, to keep track of time. But if you think about it, it's impossible to keep track of time. Um, simping, no, consumption of raw milk. I, I would say it's a good thing without really knowing much about it. How about that? How about that U.S. government for banning raw milk? Raiding raw milk farms? Are the Grammys really an award show if they only give out like five awards? Eh, I don't know. Who cares? None of that matters. Uh, your questions need to be better. What are your thoughts on the whole coronavirus situation? Is it that bad or is there fear-mongering? Like I said, I think it's mainly fear-mongering. I don't think it's that bad. I'm not surprised it's coming from China, considering what they eat, considering how the quality of life is there. Seen any good documentaries recently? No, I consider most documentaries to be propaganda. Um, I, I, the, the thing, we've confused documentary for, for fact. Just because something is a doc, it's like, it's like doing a, a school report on something you're interested in. Just because you did all the research and compiled a compelling argument doesn't mean it's true. And we've confused that with documentaries. We, 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 we've confused it for factual, whereas it's, it's subjective. It's mo- most of the time it's subjective. How fat is too fat? Now, that's a good question. You know why I like that question? Because I was saying this to someone last week where if I was dictator— and this is not the United States of America anymore. This is whatever I'm going to call it. I don't know what I'm going to... I haven't decided on a name yet. One of the rules in my dictatorship is if you if you are above 400 pounds, that's, the, that's where you're, you, you'll be sent to death. 
in my dictatorship. Now, I think that does two things. I mean, it does more than two things, but it does the two things I can think of right now is that um, typically fat people are not very smart because they they have no a low a bad impulse control. And uh, also, when you're when you're that fat, your brain, the activity in your brain is is kind of has gone to shit. When you live a sedentary lifestyle, you're not exercising your brain at all. So when you exercise, you're also exercising your brain. You're allowing your brain to the lightning storms to happen in your brain. And uh, when you're fat, you don't allow that. So you're kind of you're kind of getting rid of the dumb people. Also, you're helping your whole healthcare industry. And, you know, you're not allowing these people to suck those resources. And also, you're going to encourage people to lose weight. So what happens is, is that the United States is such a free country and we're such a good country that one of the one of the bad things with freedom is we give people a little bit too much of it and they use it to become really obese. And also, yes, there's propaganda and... And uh, maybe maybe under my dictatorship, people wouldn't really be that fat because I would ban certain um, companies from existing, like Kellogg's. Who needs Kellogg's? We don't need Kellogg's. They're not doing anything good for anyone. And 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 uh, you know this all this also stems from the 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 change in in eating that was happening in the late fifties, and then the food pyramid in the seventies didn't really help anyone. So how fat is too fat? I I would say that. Anything above like 250 or 300, unless you're a bodybuilder. But I'd 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 implement um. I'd implement um, what's it called? The death penalty for uh for people above 400. It can't get you can't let it get that out of hand. I mean, I'm fascinated by that show, My 600 Pound Life. Very interesting. Um. The second American American Civil War. I mean, it's possible, you know. I don't know. Oh, I I was t- I was gonna tell you I was gonna talk about the pilot. So I reshot my pilot for that conservative network, and I uh, I think it's really really good. And if it doesn't get picked up by them, I'm gonna re- release it and continue making that show on my own, and then do a Patreon type situation. Um. Abolishing public schools, again, under my dictatorship, I would do that. I would actually abolish school in general, and there would be the free market would then allow for specialty schools. So if your kid is interested in something specific, they can go learn there. Like if you have a high IQ kid, obviously he's going to go on to learn with other high IQ people. Maybe he's going to want to intern with those people. And the rest of kids will like naturally end up learning skills that they're interested in and get jobs with those skills and make money and not be in debt by the time they're 22. And uh, I think we'd all be better off. And then I'd start opening town squares. So I'd change the way cities are structured. I'd make cities car free, car free. So you'd have to, would have to rebuild them. <laughs> this is all if I was a dictator. I, I fantasize about this a lot. So basically, I wouldn't abolish cars. I would just abolish cars from cities. So Cars can live on the outskirts of cities, so you can get from cities, city to city in cars. But then cities would, um, and then obviously in suburban areas you'd, you'd need cars. But in cities, you'd have um, town squares, and buildings connected to other buildings would have courtyards. But the town squares can be where kids go off to, and if they live in cities, until the nighttime, and then they come back, and then they learn something from their other the other people. Schools is, is prison. 
School is unimaginative. It's it's just prison now. And then, you know, for suburban areas, you just there'd be fields and kids will go meet up in fields and come back at night. And that is that's it. That's 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 uh, abolishing public schools is a great idea. And I'll take it a step further and just, you know, uh, totally tear it all down. But you know what, guys? That is Sadcast episode 85. I am Sadwater. Here's a song. I love you. Bye. I hold my head for those who ain't been held too close in times of pain. When the ceiling drips, rooms bathed in gray. Outside the trip. I keep telling those, expelling those negative hoes to go away. But it seems to grip more every day. Words get taller, self medicate. Just saying a word that I dreamt of